0: We hold these truths to be self evident, that all men are created equal. But today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. The following, the following, following is a journey, into journey into comics, journey into comics, journey, comic. journey, comic. journey into comics, journey into comics, network, 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 production, production, and where we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the Podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, eh holes. What's up ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics 248. I am your host Nate. Hope everybody's doing fantastic this Monday morning. You're like, "Shit, Nate, what's going on? You're a couple hours late. What's going on? How's it going?" It's been crazy, you guys. So, I don't even really know where to kick it off. I think you know, I really think I should take it back to last Monday. So, last Monday I got like right you know Monday morning happens the podcast is already out I get up I had made plans to go hang out with my dude Anthony you guys know Anthony has been mentioned several times here on the podcast Um, but he and I haven't really been able to hang out a lot as of late he's had a lot of medical issues and a lot of other stuff going down so he hits me up and he's like hey man we need to hang this Monday like old style and catch up and and do all that shit and you know we'll chat and we'll probably watch something fun on tv and grub out that's kind of our mo when we hang out together so i got up and i headed down to Lowell because he lives in Lowell, and we, we hung out we caught up uh we watched what the hell oh chernobyl chernobyl is the show that we watched and uh you know Honestly, just to really quickly comment on that because it's not really typically a show that we would cover here on the on on Journey into Comics, anyways. Uh, it was very the first episode's very dark. It's very real because obviously it's taken from real event that changed the course of our entire planet. Literally, I mean, <clears throat> you got to think that the reactor at Chernobyl was not supposed to explode. A core melts down; they don't explode. So it's never been done before in history. And if you haven't seen the show or don't know the history behind it, when a nuclear core explodes, it essentially amplifies the radiation like 400,000 times or something, something crazy. The numbers are astronomical. And it essentially punched a hole in our ozone, right? They don't know, they don't have like satellite imagery that shows before Chernobyl and now so you can't really, you know, you don't know for 100% certain that that's what happened. But you have to believe that that much radiation shooting directly into the sky. I mean, it was a extreme explosion. The radiation was so powerful that it actually lit the sky up because it was illuminating the air. don't well, you think about that for a second. It made the air glow, <laughs> okay? So, and it's very real. This documentary, or I guess it's not really a documentary, but it's like a docudrama, you know, and it's very real to what was happening. People were going, <clears throat> no clue, and their director would be like, "Go check the core, man. Make sure it's cool." And they're like, "I think the core is not there anymore, but okay." And they would go and put their faces in where the core had exploded, and you would slowly watch their faces are getting melted away. Like not like you think melted, and you think like a candle. That's not really what happens. It's like slowly your face starts to go from flush normal color to red, to redder, to bright red, to now your skin is kind of starting to go. Now all of a sudden you just have muscle that's showing and burn marks, like third degree burn, you know, your skin's bubbling because you're literally melting from the inside. So, again, just want to throw it out there. If you've not seen Chernobyl and you have HBO Now or HBO Go or any of those things, make sure to check it out because you will absolutely love it. It is dark. It is very real. It is very powerful. It is a really nice reminder of our history and what happened. you know, and it's like I mean, that happened on our planet in nineteen eighty eight, and the Russians denied it happening. That's fucking scary, man, so it's cool to see history actually unfolding uh as they as they claim it did, and there's some really you know I think they're really pretty good sources that they pulled from in order to tell this story you got to think Chernobyl's only 30 years ago so I'm sure there are people that survived it who you know or had family that went through it or whatever there are firsthand accounts is what I'm saying that have been passed down swiftly because it's not 200 years ago and they weren't keeping this kind of information and thinking about their history things were recorded and and talked about. So Anthony and I did that and hung out, you know, and, and bullshitted and everything that, like I said, everything that we always do. And it was really good. And I, you know, I just wanted to say, it was like slowly getting a piece of me back. And I don't mean that like, strangely, Anthony's not like my lover or something weird, but he's just an integral part of my friend circle. And sometimes when people that are integral to your person aren't near you, you start to lose identity and not to say that i've like lost my identity or who i am or anything like that but it's just like hanging out with him recharged me that's the way to say it it just revitalized me it felt really nice so much so that we actually hung out again on tuesday uh because after monday after i left anthony's house i went over to v's picked her up we headed up north and um You know, I think we got house of pizza that night. I feel like Sarah and V went and did a bunch of grocery shopping and shit. And then we ordered pizza and relaxed. And then Tuesday, Anthony came over and uh, he, uh, you know, it it was just, uh, again, great times across the board. He says, he's like, I got this movie. You're going to want to check it out. And we're going to watch it. And I was like, okay, cool. What is it? And he said, it's Logan Lucky. And I'm like, eh, who's the lead? Channing Tatum. And I was like. Hard pass. Like, no thank you. I don't really like Channing Tatum. He's not my dude. Anthony's like, no, dude, listen to me. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. It only came out like last year or two years ago. Um, It's unexpectedly good. And uh, I can't wait to watch it with you guys. You guys should seriously give it a chance. And I was like, okay, fucking fine, dude. Every time you show me anything ever... Literally, anytime Anthony's ever showed me any movie of what whatsoever, I've talked about it on this network, on this podcast specifically, because a lot of his movie recommendations are home run hits. They just get you. They just are right. He knows good movies. He knows bad movies. and, And his, yeah, his opinion's awesome. Need to get him back on this show sometime, actually. So we roll into Wednesday... trying to think how Wednesday played out. I think V had to work. Sarah had to work. Sarah had to go do her new job. So she had to leave kind of early in the day. And then V and I rolled down to Lowell. And V had to work and do some things. Or did that happen on Thursday? I can't fucking remember. I don't remember. It was on Wednesday for sure. So we did that. And came back and retrieved Sarah. And oh... That was Wednesday. Okay, hold on. So many things have happened this week. My brain literally didn't process them all, and I'm actually thinking about the week, and I'm like, what did happen on Wednesday? This is what happened on Wednesday. After we after I dropped or Sarah off at the train station, V and I got ourselves together and went down to Lowell to go to her mom's house because Tuesday night, I went ham and got all of our furniture out of our house that was like couches. So we had like a white couch in the living room and a tan colored chair, like a chair and a half in the living room and like a dark brown uh, love seat in there. They're all gone. Uh, We had this brown leather chair that was just a simple recliner. It wasn't anything special that was in the comic room. That's gone. I took the uh, king chair as it were the super awesome recliner that's electric. I actually took that out of the comic room. It's gone. It's no longer with us. Um, I think Sarah's mom is going to take it. Uh, and then did some rearranging. I took the love seat and took the, the love seat sleeper that was in the lobby and put that in the comic room, right? And <clears throat> I've liked that decision, actually. We, we have a bunch of changes and stuff coming because like I told you guys previously, David Lee had given us some things. And because of that, we've just got too much stuff and it's time to like recycle, get rid of some stuff we don't utilize anymore. Just refresh. You know, this house has been our home. Sarah and I for like four and a half going on five years. V Sarah and I I's home for three and almost four years. And, um, you know, we've done a lot of things to improve the house. We've, you know, redone the kitchen, redone the bathroom. The living room is next. But before the living room could even actually be next, it was like, we need different furniture. This shit is just not working, and it just coincides with this whole David Lee thing like we're talking about. Well, Veronica's mom ends up that David Lee's giving her his furniture. She doesn't need some of her furniture. And she's like, hey, I've got this uh, I've got this brown uh, fabric... Love seat, sofa, and chair and a half set we should uh you know get on it, and uh I was like, all right, just ask if we could have it, you know, and if that's possible, we'll take care of it. We'll do it, so the decision was made that we were going to in fact take care of it, so pff, we book it down to Lowell, we get her stepdad's uh funeral home van the van we toured in our first few shows uh we take it back to her mom's house and we get the couch and the love seat in and the van is stuffed there is no more room it's okay i'm gonna get there in a second so it had so little extra room v couldn't even fit in the van so it's like okay looks like i'm just making a trip up to hammond Dropping the couch and the loveseat off by myself. I've delivered furniture before and sure, I could hurt myself. But if you take your time and just have patience and know how to maneuver things, for the most part, you can handle doing anything in the furniture moving industry. You just have to know what to do and be prepared for your situations. Think about everything. Think about your whole the whole walkway up and into the house is important. Thinking about your doors and how you'll be able to turn and position furniture is important. Like That's the thing, man. People invite me to help them move all the time because I see shit that no one sees because I did this. And I think, shout out to Buckles and Linder because they both do this for a living too. But they know furniture moving and moving people's shit. And it's hardcore. You have to like seriously think a million steps ahead of yourself always or you'll get hurt. You really will. Because if I'm not thinking about that little kid's fucking one singular toy on the ground, and that one singular toy catches my foot when I've got a heavy fucking couch and it trips me and I go under it, I'm either dead or I'm in a lot of fucking pain. You know what I'm saying? Like, and ouch. So, anyways, I have to drive up here by myself. I back the van into the driveway. I get the love seat out and in the house which was a little bit of a process. I had to like slowly, patiently move it, lift it a couple times, set it in, go to the other side of the house, pull it the rest of the way in, which same thing I had to do for the couch. The difference is when I got the couch out, I stood it up end to end because I had all the cushions and, and pillows off of it, and it was taller than my house. And I was like, oh my God, that's a really big couch we're putting in my tiny living room. Oh, shit. So... Uh long story long, it's fucking long. It is like the longest sofa. So I cleaned up the sofas and got all that done and Sarah texts me and she's like, hey, I'm gonna be on the way home from my job and I'm gonna need you to pick me up at the train station. I'll be there about six fifty. I'm like, all right. So I do a few things around the house, do a little bit more cleaning up. Like I said, got the sofa and the love seat completely put together And like vacuumed it out and cleaned it up really nicely, you know, just to really make it ours and give it a fresh start. Just not just dump somebody else's furniture in here and just live in their filth, you know. And that's not to say Veronica's mom is filthy or anything like that. I'm more saying just in general, you know, you just if you get used furniture, sometimes you aren't thinking about like, oh, I should probably vacuum out the crumbs that are hiding in the couch because crumbs accumulate over time. Anyways, so Thursday is the reason that I'm actually excited to to talk today about my personal life, and it's kind of why I'm doing this slow build, because there's a lot to to dive into through this week, but uh, Thursday is like this crazy, I still can't even believe it happened, it's, it's still affecting me, it's not like some sort of thing that's made me cry, it actually like mentally chemically changed my person and i and i'm going to we're going to we're going to dive into it some of you guys have seen it i'm sure it was it was kind of hard to miss if you're a friend of mine or friends of the network or any of that thing people have been talking and posting and blah 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 so thursday's the day and uh we're going to go to chicago to a movie premiere To see Glenn Danzig. Yes, that Danzig. The Danzig, right? We're, uh, you know, going to see his movie premiere. Now, Glenn Danzig is a musician first and foremost. But before people really, you know, he was, okay. So before he was a filmmaker and while he was a musician, so that in-between time. He was also a comic book writer. Bingo, journey into comics. We're here. We got here. We're into some comic book stuff. So Glenn famously did like Frank Furchetta's Death Dealer. Him and Glenn wrote and and, and did that, and did all the art for it. And it's really a dark, beautiful uh, work of art that's really it's art it's just i mean you're gonna hear me say that a lot today but it's art that's what that's that's what i want to say is that glenn danzig is the art and his decisions that he makes is just the byproduct right so we go get ourselves together i had like done a whole bunch of shit too trying to clean the house and whatnot and uh So we're finally together. We go to leave the city. Oh, you know what I did? I actually also made a delicious fucking outstanding dinner before we left. So I made a steak dinner with mashed potatoes and uh, a aged Parmesan broccoli crisp is what I'm going to call it. It was broccoli florets covered in aged Parmesan, like 14 months aged Parmesan baked. It was outstanding. Um, so we jammed on that and we like kind of overgorged ourselves a little bit and was like, oh my god, we're so full. So we finally get ourselves together and leave. We are driving up and into the city. And traffic's kind of meh, you know, whatever, and, you know, the GPS has us there getting at, like, 645, 655, 642. It's kind of bouncing around because traffic is doing a bunch of different shit. I use Waze, so it's constantly updating me. By the way, if you don't use Waze, this is not a sponsored endorsement, but you guys really should check Waze out. It is the bomb. Train of our existence showing up, saying, hey, by the don't forget about, don't forget about me, Nate. I'm here, I'm here. I made my appearance. I'm good you guys probably didn't hear that one cuz he kind of did a quiet horn cuz it's 7:51 in the morning as I'm recording this. So, um we uh, you know, we make our way into the city and we get to where we're going to park and we're parked and we go to pay for the parking. And the thing eats our $20 bill and doesn't give us a ticket to put in our car, and I'm like, what the fuck, and there's some attendant right there, and he's like, what's up, and I'm like, "Dad, I just put my fucking money in this thing, it didn't fucking give me a ticket, and the guy's like, oh, I didn't see you put the money in my friend, I can't do anything, and I was like, dude, what the fuck, like, this is some fucking bullshit, so I, I visit, I mean, I got genuinely pissed off, like, I was a little bit heated, um, we... Pay another $20, so we had to pay fucking $40 to park. That's some bullshit, city of Chicago, you fuck. Uh, so, we're done with that. We're done with the parking shit, now is time we're going to go to the movie premiere. We walk up to the movie premiere to Maurice Nunez, the head of 7th House, asking to take our picture with us. So, we get a picture with Maurice, and then, Marie, and then a, one of our fans... Is there, uh, Ryan Beale, and we take a picture with him, and that was super cool. It's like bam, bam. You know, it's like we walked into two pictures, and it's like, hey, we've arrived. And London May from Sam Hain is just like standing there watching all this happen. He's looking sharp dressed to the nines because he's also in the movie, which we're gonna talk about in a minute. So again, I mentioned how Glenn did comics. He did Frank Frighetta's Death Dealer. Uh, but then he also started his own line of comics for the line Verotic. Uh, or Verotic is the line. But then he started a comic book called Verotica. It's like violence and erotica put together. So this is kind of late 90s stuff. And you got to think it's a 30-something-year-old Glenn Danzig who's lived life out on the road all the time and maybe, you know, had crazy encounters. I don't know. But... He writes from a really dark and fucked up place is all I'm going to say. Like, these movies were not um, necessarily 2019 friendly per se. Uh, And I don't mean that it was like, you know, doing some stupid shit like gay bashing or, you know, dropping the R word a whole bunch, which I really fucking hate if you use the R word. Like, you know, when I was a kid, I used it. And it was one thing, and then I met some people who actually were mentally challenged, and it literally made me unable, unable to drop the R word. I feel like it is a slap to anybody with that kind of disability, and that's just me ranting. So, anyways, <clears throat> Glenn writes this Veronica comic, and it's like the bizarre, weird, what the fuck shit, you know. I think one of the first comics he actually ever did was a Sam Hain comic. And that is genuinely fucked up. It's like a wolf fucking a lady kind of, but the wolf is a dude, a wolf dude banging a lady, and it's like really pornographic and intense and sexual, and, and that's kind of his point, and there's a lot of gore. So we get to the premiere. I'm getting to the what Verotica is, like what the actual comic is. We're, we're, we're slow building here, pieces by pieces. So to get back to the actual movie premiere, we walk up, we get the pictures, we then go in and find our seats, as we're going in, people are recognizing us, it's kind of bizarre, I guess is the word you would use, it's not something I'm necessarily used to, being at a movie premiere where I thought I wasn't really going to run into many people, and like, many people, like, came up to us and stuff, so we sit there, and we wait, and they, you know, it's like, 40-minute wait or something. They bring Glenn Danzig himself out. He is there. And uh, he talks for a minute about his movie and says the movie's going to start now, blah, blah, blah. It's a labor of love. It's like based on the comics, Veronica. And he said a lot of these shorts, because he wrote an anthology-style movie, he says a lot of these shorts are meant to to just be self-contained and there isn't a ton of story it's just kind of the idea and the feeling and and bringing emotion that's why i want to again say that he's an artist over anything else and you know you're probably going to see reviews somewhere people saying Veronica's shit and you know what as a comic book movie staying true to its source material it was awesome it did it hit all the marks for for source material it tried to to, to reach across different stories that Glenn had previously told, and he brought him to the big screen. And, uh, you know, was it the best horror movie? No. It didn't bring... It, there were some parts that were straight-up horror and horrible and just like, oh, my God, cringeworthy. You can't even sit there and watch it. But you're still watching because you're just like, what the fuck? But also there's some sincereness to it. There is some, you know, ideologies in there that you're just like, I can appreciate what you're trying to say here, Glenn. Like I, I kinda do. I kinda do appreciate it. And uh all in all, all three movies, because it's like three little shorts, were funny but also scary. And and I don't mean scary like like I said, more cringe worthy like horror than like B movie horror over actuality like them trying to bring realism into horror okay so there are moments where people were laughing interesting choices on you know whether or not they should have edited better you know Um, but all in all it was Glenn's decision and if it's his work of art you got to trust the process honestly because okay here's the thing Glenn didn't make that movie going I'm gonna go make 10 billion dollars and cash in on my fucking idea He said, I need to make this labor of love because I need to see it actualized from my concept way back when I first started writing Veronica comics to them being on the page for the first time and seeing those concepts in that, you know, uh, medium now jumping to this new thing and seeing them. It's not, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm a big Marvel dude, but that's what Marvel does. They cash in. They know how to cash in. They know what notes to hit to get fans fucking pumping. And they know a good movie from a shit movie. So, all in all, this is not your standard, you know, Hollywood blockbuster type comic book movie. But it's really, it's different. It is. I mean, there's a giant six-armed albino Spider-Man dude killing hookers and doing awful terrible things to him but um like there it's it's like the concepts are so bizarre they're they're just perfect because they are Glenn's ideas you know so anyways to just be done riffing on that the movie all in all it's like a b plus honestly it's not like a plus it didn't it wasn't a home run it didn't hit all the notes didn't hit me in the fields didn't do all those things but it was super fucking entertaining. It made me laugh. It is a movie that I really hope one of our new podcasts we're going to be debuting here in like three three or so short weeks. I think, roughly. It's going to be the show that takes over the spot that uh, The Voice of Survival is going to leave when it goes off the air here soon. Um, yeah, very, very soon. Two weeks, two, two Fridays. So, yeah, a few short weeks away here. But, uh... So, movie's over. We stand up and everybody's leaving. And there's like 900 people, 800 people there just flooding out. But as people are leaving, they're seeing us. They're like, oh, it's Walk Among Us. Hey, what's up, guys? Walk Among Us. How's it going? Waving hi, you know, all these things. And we're just like, hey, how's it going? You know, waving people whatnot. We're going to be out there. We'll see you guys out there, you know. And then we went out there and then like people approached us. And they're like, oh my God, I just found your band. You guys are amazing. Blah, 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 blah awesome fucking cool to hear that someone who had no idea just discovered us not only discovered us but is into us and is into us enough that he had to say something about it that made me feel really nice like i was like wow this is the craziest shit i don't even understand what day it is right now like what's happening so some people asked to get their picture taken with us at the premiere in front of the big premiere sign thing we did that we took some pictures for just us because you know we want to have them for our keepsakes and our memories, personally. And uh, we go outside because everybody's going to G-Man Tavern because that's where the after party's going to be and allegedly Glenn's going to be there. That's what everybody's saying. So we walk outside and we run into Ryan Beal. Oh, you know what? I also want to mention Nantita. Our friend Nintita was there. Uh, she was there when we first walked up as well. It was great to see her. She She owns Shady Rest records in Chicago a record store uh, that sells awesome vinyl and cassette tapes and shit it's really cool so we see Nantita and we see Ryan earlier but then we go I wanted to say that now because it's like the time traveler thing you got to fill in those blanks so we get outside and we run into Ryan Beal and Ryan's like hey guys how's it going and we're like what's up man He's like, uh, come here, and he whispers in my ear, he's like, keep it on the down low, but I just talked to Glenn's tour manager. He's going to be out here in like 30 minutes or 40 minutes. He's just getting some stuff together, and then he's going to be right out here in front of the theater because it's where they're going to get their Uber. And I was like, oh, cool, dude. Thanks for the tip. Um, we're just going to see who we see out here you know, and just hang out for a bit. So Ryan is talking to us, and Tita comes up and talks to us. Other fans we hadn't seen yet come up and talk to us. They even tried to book a show with us. And it was like, okay, this is fun. Like, I'm enjoying this. Maurice Nunez comes up and talks to us. And I just asked Maurice, I'm like, is is Glenn coming out? Do you think? Like, just curious, you know, because like I said, I want to mention this too. In case you don't know, like why I'm building this thing about what we did is such a big deal. What we did doesn't typically happen. And to the level that it happened for us, never happens. Okay? And I'm gonna I'm gonna further go into that in a second. It's just it's mind blowing. And it's also again I said this a couple of weeks ago, but these are good memories for me on the podcast. If I ever lose my brain someday when I'm old, I'll listen back to this and be like, oh, that's Nate's voice. That's me. This is you, Nate, talking. Yes, this is you. This is the memory you had. It's going to be like, man, I remember. And it'll trigger my memory and I'll live vividly thinking about all those moments. So... We're standing out there, and then Nuntita comes back. And she's like, we were getting ready to leave, but we just wanted to swing by and see if Glenn was outside. He's not. So these are all people who are ravid Glenn Danzig fans. People who have got stuff to sign. there. Are people who have brought bags of things, right? And I'm just like, damn. This is going like, to be a little bit crazy, but there's only like 12 people out there, from 900 to 12 people, okay? Because people just don't know. They thought he's going to be at G-Man Tavern. Let's go. So they all rush to G-Man Tavern. I'm like, you guys got to think he's got to get out the building. He's like he's got to get out the building. So we see him in the lobby. He's taking pictures and doing a couple things. And they start walking down. And Nantita had kind of like got really nervous to me. She's like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I don't think I can meet Glenn Danzig. Like what happens? Like I'm I'm freaking out. And I was like, listen, Nantita, I met a lot of famous people or a lot of people with different levels of celebrity, quote unquote, as it were. And it literally doesn't fucking matter. They're all people. Like, I know people say that and you, you just don't get it. But really, I am just a person. Nate is just a person. But so is the person listening to this that's never done a podcast. And we can connect. And you don't have to feel weird coming up to me, right? So Nantita's so, talking about this thing about Glenn and she's terrified. She's like, I don't think I can do it. It's too much. And she's like getting starstruck before he's even come out the door. And I see him start to walk down. I was like, listen, just play it cool. Just be in the moment and enjoy it. Don't think too much about it. Get what you can and be happy that it even happened. And be really grateful for the experience, you know. And that'll be how you get out of this without stressing. And she was like, oh, my God, that's great advice. Yeah. So she sticks around and out walks Glenn Danzig, baby. And people are just rushing him and me and V and Sarah are just standing back chilling. People are rushing him, getting shit signed, getting shit signed, getting shit signed, rushing, 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 getting shit signed. Like ten different people go up. He yells at some dude. He's like, Hey, he's like, I ain't signing that again. Now you already I already signed this. He's like, You signed the back, I wanted you to sign the front. He's like, I'm not signing it twice. So that's that, you know. Game over. But here's the deal when they come out, tour manager, Maurice, everybody's like, no pictures, no flash photography, no videoing, shit off, nothing, be in the moment, Glenn doesn't really dig cell phones, okay, so we're just standing there, we got nothing to sign, we really just want to meet Glenn, that's kind of the only thing, like, we've been doing Walk Among Us for three years, four years really, but three years out and about, and it's like, he's the reason, his music, his ability to write these songs that we connected to in such a level. So just to say thank you is like for the end. Like I don't hang up my hat after that. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. It does not. Everything else I'm about to tell you doesn't matter. Even though it does. It it, it helps moving forward because, you know, um, there's a lot to happen. So people are still getting stuff signed. Nutita's getting stuff signed. Nintita's stuff is done, and it seems like pretty much people are clearing out. And Sarah V and I approach him. We're like, "Hey, hi, walk among us." Blah blah blah. And Sarah and him start talking about music, and he starts bringing up his clarinet. When he was a kid, he played clarinet, and then went on to play piano, and I think French horn or something. But um and they're connecting in that regard. No notice. No one's taking pictures. Uh, I will say that the tour manager promised that Ryan Beal, one of our fans, could take a picture with Glenn. And that happened pretty early on, just quickly. It was like a three-second, like chat you know, ta-ta. and then no one else. And he he told like a bunch of people, no, no, not happening. No, sorry, no, you're not getting a picture, not doing it, no. So, again, we, we approach him he and Sarah talking, he introduced himself to V, you know, he introduced himself to me. It's really pleasant. We're chit chatting for a couple seconds there. And Sarah's talking about doing his songs on piano, but she's a little, she's, it's a little bit like rowdy. So I'm like, Glenn, this is Sarah. We're in walk among us is Veronica. We're in walk among us. They do the, we do the punk rock piano tribute to the misfits. I show him one of the videos. He's like, Oh my God, real piano. He like freaks the fuck out over the casual Fiend Friday video. And, uh, I'm like, Would it, could, we, could the band get a picture? I just casually drop it. And he went, yes, absolutely. And Maurice said, the band should get a picture. I hand my phone to Maurice Nunez. He boop, boop, takes a couple shots. You guys have probably seen him. They're online. We got to meet Glenn. It was super surreal, right? He was super friendly. He wanted to talk to us more. And then his handlers like, we got to go. Our Uber's here. And he was like, ah, you know, maybe I'll see you guys. And then he dipped. So, we walked over to the after party, spent a little bit of time some of our again some more of our fans came up to us, talked to us, thanked us for coming to the movie premiere and it was it was fun time to go, we left, <clears throat> head home, and it was just like ever since that day, everything is different, and I don't mean like. Oh my God, I met Glenn Glenn Danzig. My life has forever changed, but kinda. (laughs) But fucking kinda. So Friday, we posted the picture of it. It got like 900 likes on Facebook. What the fuck? I've never had more than like 203, maybe 300 likes on Facebook all time in one post. So for a post to have 900 likes is like, what the shit? That blew my brains. Uh, We posted on Instagram. It was kind of the same thing. Got over 900 and something. And then on Instagram... Danzig's fucking 7th house page shared it and it got 3,200 likes. Holy shit. So I don't know what that like equates to for us long term, but I do know it increased our followers on Instagram by like 100 people and the visibility increased and it's just, it's crazy. Things are starting to look up. Here's the craziest part folks. And this is what I remember when I said earlier, like nobody gets this. So aside from Ryan Beal, we were the only people that got a picture with Glenn that night. <sighs> okay. So that picture with Glenn being on 7th house is the only picture and see here I and, and and when I when I start to say it, as soon as I start to say it, I recognize no. It means what I think it means, and I want you guys to follow along. So if you look on the 7th house fan page, it's only pictures of Glenn. Only pictures of Glenn with other famous musicians or close personal, personal friends, family friend type shit. You know, nothing, quote unquote, fan. There's not a picture of Ryan Beale up there with Glenn. There's not a picture of countless people who have met Glenn who have maybe been lucky enough to maybe snag a picture. Because there's been, you know, like I said, not a lot of people, a lot of people meet Glenn Danzig. A lot of people get Glenn Danzig's signature to be in a photograph with him is a fucking unicorn, fucking a unicorn, is how rare it is. It's two unicorns making great sex, okay? And so, you know, he, uh, they posted that, and you look, and it's like there's pictures with Glenn and Rob Zombie, and Glenn and the Misfits, and Glenn and Sam Hain, and pictures of Glenn throughout the, his, like, different musical career. And a picture of us, and it was, like, ultra fucking validating. It was like, hey, you guys belong. You know, that's what it felt like. Uh, So, and then we we saw in a comment section just some other people asking about us, you know, that Glenn is um, very receptive to what we are doing. And that's a huge, like, blessing to hear. It's like, damn, man, that's crazy. The man, the fucking dude who made this shit approves. Not everybody, and I mean, not everybody gets approved when you're making Misfits music or covering Misfits songs. Some people do it shittily and say, "Well, that's how the Misfits play, so that's how we do it." You know, or we don't. We're not really great musicians, but we try. Anyways, so Friday, like, coupled with all this greatness, we had some badness. Sarah's all hurt. Our arms hurt, so we had to cancel our show. That was a bummer. We did not play as Walk Among Us this weekend. We did get to have an appearance as Walk Among Us. We just didn't get to play. So Saturday... Oh, Saturday I did my first catering gig. V got me a gig working with her company doing catering jobs, you know. So when we're off during the weekends that we don't have shows... We can make some bank and then have extra flow. So we, you know, shoot down a Lowell, get our stuff together. We go hard in the paint. We work all day. And then after we got paid, we went to Target and got some stuff. And I got like uh, WWE 2K, WWE, was it 2K19, I think, or something. On uh, Xbox One. It was like 20 bucks on sale. It was like sold. I almost bought Halo and also um, Fallout 4. But I haven't pulled the trigger on those yet. They're actually getting pretty cheap. So that's cool. It's cool to get into this cycle of games now. And be like, oh, I can get that for relatively cheap. Cool. Oh, I can get that for relatively cheap. Cool. So... also got Captain Marvel on Blu- Blu-ray. What, 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 what? Uh, so... Let's, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about comics with Glenn's stuff, but I'm trying to think about the rest of the weekend. Oh, Sunday was Father's Day. That's kind of why this podcast is late, because my Father's Day was nonstop. We got up, got ready, left, drove to Sarah's parents, hung out with her brother, sister, mom, and dad for a little bit, left there, drove all the way to Hoopston to see my dad, hung out with my dad's sister, her husband, Bill, my little nephew Sawyer, and the girls and I. It was a lot of fun, man. It was, it was really good for my. Again, the whole like feeling full. Again, having my friend Anthony in my life at the start of last week, like again in a more regular capacity. Now I get to go home and see my dad. We played basketball. Like it was, it was awesome. It was really great. To be home, and I kind of like did all the little things that I used to do there. I played a little bit of guitar while I was hanging out with my nephew, and I played a little bit of drums while I was hanging out with my nephew. Like that little kid's into all that stuff, so he digs it, you know. And he he plays drums, and that was fun. And he even shot baskets with us. It was uh it was a really cool time, you know. It made me feel very honestly recharged. Like that's not a joke. I felt like fully whole again so and now that I'm fully whole and now we're finally home because we didn't get home until uh like 11 o'clock last night and I was beat from the drive and it was just like you know what we're gonna do this fresh so here we are and now it's time for some comic book stuff guys I don't know if you saw this or not but they released a trailer for something that all the way back, all the way back in uh, Journey into Comics episode 20 or 40. Uh, I think it was 20. I'm not sure. Let me have a quick drink break. We're 40 minutes deep. I haven't had a drink yet. I literally started talking and haven't stopped since I started. I guess I had something to say. Another train of our existence, shout out to you, shout out to Poor360 every Tuesday right here on the Journey into Comics Network, check out Poor360 tomorrow, new episode, episode 23, maybe it'll be about Michael Jordan, because it's number 23, AP's gonna listen to this and be like, fuck, that's a great idea, why didn't I think of it, shit, now I'm gonna have to do it, but knowing AP, he probably already has the episode recorded, and we'll be sending it to me sometime later this afternoon. Who knows? But anyways, thanks for that drink break. Marvel's Avengers is going to be a game. We are making the MGU, folks. It is happening. Marvel's Spider-Man came out on PS4. It was a critical success. Lots of fun. I just beat that game. I love it. So seeing in this announcement, watching this trailer, learning that, uh, you know, this game's going to be immersive. It's going to go over several years. There's a lot of story they're trying to tell here. Um, You know, all in all, I liked the trailer. I thought it gave me a lot of like, oh, shit, I want this. Oh, shit, I'm stoked. I can't wait for what they bring. It didn't have crazy like, oh, my God, there's the Guardians, and oh, my God, there's Ant-Man and the Wasp, and all these other... It wasn't like bringing everybody together immediately. Marvel's The Avengers was that original Avengers team of five, and they teased six because there was no Hawkeye, but they said he might be in the movie. By the way, oh, shit, I forgot to say, on um, on Friday, because Sarah couldn't play the show, V went to work, and when I took her to work, I got my hair cut, and I got my hair cut like Jeremy Renner when he was ronin. It looks really good. I'm actually surprised. It looks nice on me. It was just like one of those things. I was like, fuck it. I want to try something different. I'm sick of having the same hair. I'm sick of looking like everybody else. I want to be a little bit different. You know, I don't want to have basic bitch hair, as they say. So, this game, watching the trailer, I was like, okay, you're giving me a little bit of everything I want. You're also not giving away too much. You didn't give away all your big bads, all your villains, all your plans. You know, the story is kind of. The only thing I really don't get down with, and a lot of people are saying this, I don't like the designs. The character designs look shitty. Black Widow's face looks like a foot. It straight up looks like a foot. Like, I don't know how you fucked that up, but they did. Captain America does not look good. His uniform does not look great. But the cool thing about Marvel's Avengers, though, everything's going to be fully customizable, just like Spider-Man. You'll be unlocking costumes for every character able to utilize them, different features, different attributes that make them differently playable so you can kind of customize how you're playing the game. That's going to be awesome, folks. If that game is a success, which I'm sure it will be, I would love, let me tell you what, more than anything, I would love to get an Ant-Man game. Think about playing a game where you can go from regular size to tiny and the mechanic that that would be able to give you. Because essentially, you'd use it like a load screen. When I'm full size, I'm in one version of the game where everything is you know, rendered to normal visuals. And when I'm tiny, everything is much larger and I can interact with things differently because I'm tiny. So I hope that this Marvel's Avengers, which I do believe is coming out 2020, I think, May 15th, 2020. So a little under a year now, like uh, 11 months away, actually. We will be getting this game as a result of Square Enix and Crystal Dynamic putting this out. So I'm really stoked. Uh, It says, Marvel's Avengers begins at A-Day, where Captain America, Iron Man, the Hulk, Black Widow, and Thor are unveiling a high-tech Avengers headquarters in San Francisco, including the reveal of their own helicarrier powered by an experimental energy source celebration turns deadly when a catastrophic accident results in a massive devastation. Blame for the tragedy, the Avengers disband. Five years later, with all the heroes outlawed and the world in peril, the only hope is to reassemble Earth's mightiest heroes. See, that's clever. They don't just say this is you getting the Avengers together for the first time. You guys have already been a fucking team. This will probably be, like, your first mission... No matter what, you're going to lose. like You're going to fail the first mission. No matter what you do, no matter who you play as, you'll never be able to complete that first mission because it'll literally crux the game. The Avengers will lose. Then it'll do the five years later thing. And then they will start you up as one character and play you through and then introduce you to another character and then let you play. I mean, immersive. I'm stoked. I'm looking forward to it. Although they, will say, they did say that the game is not going to be open world, which I think is a good thing. I think if you had that game as open world, it would maybe be a little bit too difficult. Like, oh, now you're just roaming around the city as Hulk, you know? Oh, now you're just—I mean, it would be cool because imagine New York, just like Spider-Man, use the same exact fucking scaled rendering, you know, this, the the model of New York, use the same thing. Give, give Hulk, but when Hulk's on the map, only Hulk-based missions can show up. You can only do Hulk's part of the storyline to a point, but you have to have other people's completed, and then to go further, it says complete Iron Man's portion. You know, and then you switch to Iron Man. Only Iron Man-based missions are open. You know, there are some missions that can do. you can be any hero, so you can, like, play as any of the f- whoever the fuck. That would be cool. They didn't do that for this first one, but you know what? This first attempt is going to be, honestly... I think a great thing because it's going to prove that Marvel's in the game business now too. And that's going to be awesome. Let's just say it. Let's just be real. Uh, okay, let's move on. You know, Dave Bautista was talking about how he almost quit being Drax. Well, you know, he said, uh, he was asked about his relationship with Disney after the events of the past year. And, uh, Batista's like, I hope it's good. I never actually talked to anybody from Disney. I only ever talked to people from Marvel, and they were very understanding about the way I felt. Obviously, that being the James Gunn situation. And he also said, I got people who are very understanding of where I stood. A lot of them just weren't outspoken about it, and I just happened to be very outspoken about the way that I felt. He had some other things to say, too. He said... um, that he got a little bit of grief for spoiling Endgame because he wasn't supposed to let people know he was in it, and he didn't know that he wasn't supposed to let people know because they filmed him sequentially. You know, he's saying I got a little grief over it, which I felt horrible for. But if you're really keeping in the, uh, you, but you're really just kept in the dark for a lot of Marvel stuff. But for Infinity War and Endgame in particular, you're just really, really kept in the dark. I didn't know how Infinity War ended. I had no idea. We shot all of our stuff out of sequence, bits and pieces, so I was never privy to scripts. We shot a little over a year straight, both Infinity War and Endgame. So I didn't know which parts were going to be in which movie. I was just really lost. But we started doing a pre- uh, press for Infinity War, and I had been talking to the press openly about my work schedule, and then I had been filming for a year on both these films, not knowing how the first film was going to end and that we were going to disintegrate. Awesome. Great job. Uh, I want to talk about a couple other things. Obviously, we've been kind of following closely. I'm going to get that those numbers up right now because uh, it's creeping, creeping, creeping death closer and closer and closer here as Endgame is so close to Avatar on the worldwide box office that we are literally $46 million separates them, and that is small peanuts. In comparison okay so right now as we've said avatar sits at 2.788 billion dollars avengers endgame sits at 2.742.5 okay so it is very very close here a lot of people predicting that when spider man far from home comes out people are going to want to kind of get a double dose go see endgame go see far from home back to back that being said doing that you got to believe that that's going to increase the revenue for Endgame that much more, and just like Captain Marvel had a resurgence when Endgame came out, that was several million dollars. I think it was like eight to ten million dollars three months after the movie had come out, or it was it was it was two months. It was because it was like early March into almost May, but it had a huge resurgence being out you know being in the box office for a while. So Endgame is poised to take the top spot here. It's eyeing Avatar, and it's about to shoot it down. And how validating for Disney. First, you buy Marvel on a little bit of a gamble and turn it into this powerhouse juggernaut that just makes A-plus movie after A-plus movie. And 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 maybe you don't agree with me 100%. That's not always A-plus, but a lot of their movies are fucking stellar, especially with how Endgame puts everything together and makes everything make sense. Shit. It's all good. So... How validating, though, to see that Avatar was created by Fox in 2009. Fox was kind of a juggernaut. Disney bought Fox 2, now has the rights to Avatar, and is going to watch their baby Avengers take it over and become the highest-grossing film of all time, the all-time box office. You know? And I mean, just look at the all-time box office, the top 100. Let's see how many Marvel movies are in the top 100 all time. Okay, let's count. There are 22 right now, so how many do we get? We have Endgame, 1. Infinity War, 2. Marvel's The Avengers, 3. Age of Ultron, 4. Black Panther, 5. Iron Man 3, 6. Captain America Civil War, 7. Captain Marvel, 8. I'm just scrolling through it here. You know, a lot lot of good movies made a lot of big money here. So... Spider-Man Homecoming, 9. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, 10. Thor Ragnarok, 11. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, 12. I mean, so 12, just over half of those movies are on the top 100. And you guys, Star Wars is on that list and is at 90. And the crazy thing is, is these all are in this, you know, $700 million to, you know, whatever, to $2.7 billion range in the top 100. But Marvel's just killing it, you guys. And you, know, and you know that they've got big plans. That's why they've been keeping so hush-hush. Anytime Marvel is quiet, big things are coming. And Spider-Man Far From Home is projected now to push to $150 million opening weekend which could mean it gets close to $200 opening weekend domestic, which, you know, you're like, opening weekend is a holiday. What are you talking about? Well, because it was going to come out on July 5th, they pushed it back to July 2nd, so they're going to actually have like a full week to to get money for uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, but it's going to pull in because people want to know where the MCU stands after Endgame because we got some answers, but really, we've got some questions. And I think that uh, moving forward, this is how we're going to learn what the future holds. And I think that after this movie is out and people have had the spoiler ban lifted, which I think you should definitely respect how Avengers did it. And don't spoil Spider-Man for people. Don't be an asshole. Because this is a journey we're all taking together. We've got to keep being cool with each other. Now, I'm going to read something I haven't yet checked out. I'm going to tell you guys... What I think about it. Okay, so this is the thing from comicbook.com. It says, The timeline stemmed from Avengers Endgame has been confusing a lot of fans in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The repercussions of creating alternate timelines have not yet been revealed, but they definitely exist. None of the new timelines have been more debated over the one created by Steve Rogers' choice to stay in the past and live a life with Peggy Carter, essentially creating his own happily ever after. While one side of the filmmaking team claims this is a new timeline, the other half says it's what happened all along. New evidence might point towards the latter half being in the right. It is known that Peggy Carter married someone in which followed Steve Rogers, plunging the ship into the ice and freezing for 70 years. Writers of Endgame, Marcus uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely claimed the man was always Steve Rogers, but after he defeated Thanos uh, and went back in time which is not the argument made by director Joe and Anthony Russo. McFeely says it was always our intention that he was the father of those two children, but again, there are time travel loopholes for that. This would mean that if there were two Steve Rogers for a large amount of time, one of the times appears to have been Peggy Carter's funeral scene in Captain America Civil War. What? It is known Steve Rogers was carrying Peggy's casket from the front end but now it looks as if an older Steve Rogers might be bringing up the rear on that effort. In the photo below, uh which will inevitably lead to more debate, we can see we can't see the front of this man's face, but the back of his head. And that hair is, I mean, it looks just like the Steve we see at the end of Endgame. Of course, it's probably not it's probably like an old chap that she knew, but it's interesting to debate the possibility of this loophole. And of course this says, this of course would mean that Steve Rogers and an older counterpart were in the same place at the same time. Why they did not talk or interact would be then be a mystery, but the older Steve Rogers would remember attending it as a younger self, which might help him from help keep him from altering the timeline by prompting any new interactions, which could change things. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, All about it. I loved Endgame, as you guys know. I'm a major dork for it. Uh, There's not really any new news that has dropped today. There's really not a lot of like big news. There's a lot of E3 stuff. I don't really cover video games over here. If you guys want video game coverage, check out Game Addicts podcast. They're probably one of the best places to get that kind of information. But all in all, folks, I think this has been a stellar episode of Journey into Comics. Although it was shorter, a lot of my personal life, and I know some of you guys will be like, "God, you only talked for like twenty minutes about comics, and you talked for like thirty minutes about your personal life." Well, I'm sorry, I had a lot go on. I got to tell you guys about it. It's the way it goes, you know. And I got stuff planned. We do. We're going to be doing the. Um, we're going to be bringing back the um, the first appearance uh in the month of june we're just going to be doing that as a once a month segment just concise is it we don't we i don't want to drag it on for you guys and bore you to death i think it's a really fun thing though we're going to learn about who is going to be debuting in june and, and actually someone who will be debuting in july we are only two episodes two short weeks away folks journey into comics is getting a new co-host I'm so excited. I can't wait. People are starting to figure it out. People are getting in the know. It's not Ralph, but close. Anyways, folks, as always, you guys can check out the Journey into Comics podcast right here at journeyintocomics.com on our illustrious Journey into Comics network. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. That way you can subscribe to us and get all the shows on our network Monday through Sunday every single day of the week. Folks, also go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a buck for early access and exclusive content or more money for more cool shit. We hope you guys have enjoyed this week's episode of Journey into Comics. This has been JIC 248. I am your host, Nate. As always, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.